We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris here with another Panther Ranch podcast. Happy Friday, you guys. You know, as I'm sure you guys are getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. You know, this is the time where people post memes on Facebook about how they remind you how it's Memorial Day in case you forgot, in case you thought it was National Cookout Day or some crap like that or a good shit-faced day. Whatever, anything to make them insufferable, condescending, you know, a-holes. But then, of course, they themselves are probably going to go and get shit-faced. So, for me, it's been an uneventful Friday because I'm, you know, our boss lets work from home, but I'm on call, and of course, it's been quite a week, but naturally, two of my calls today have been hardware, hardware issues, so, and they, and they occur on different times of the day. One happened early in the morning, just as I sat down to have my coffee, so I had to go all the way in, drop back in, in the medical center, took care of that. Now, just as I got home, I got another page for another hardware issue. Same, similar thing. But this time, this one, the, this one, the monitor isn't even coming on. So, and I could just have help desk go down and do it. But the problem is with help desk and desktop support is if they see it, there's like if it's like it has some sort of medical imaging thing attached to it, they won't touch it. You know, whereas me. You know, from growing up in the hard, you know, back in you know the hardware days. To me, hard, hardware was hardware. So, you know, if you unplug something, if it doesn't come back up, you just reboot it. It comes back up. All, all that stuff. I mean, that's really all it is. But for some people, if it looks different to them, if if it feels foreign, they won't touch it because they're afraid. Worst you can do is, the you know, worst you can do is turn it off and not turn it back on. So, I'm heading back to the medical center for a second time. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is the last time I have to do this. And I hope this weekend is quiet, but from Memorial Day, but I won't hold my breath. And really, you know, there's not much to talk about sports-wise, and I just figured I'd throw one last thing in and just have a potpourri of topics. First of all, Pitt Baseball's in the semifinals. They play tomorrow. And um, I'm surprised, really. I mean, I thought they would be an early exit, but they've pulled off two big wins, 2-1 over Tech, 5-4 over North Carolina, although that has some controversy as they got screwed, on a, they, they got screwed by, the, by the umps. But, you know, again, it's Carolina in Carolina, so that, that's going to happen. 
but pit over, but you know, pit despite collusion from uh, the ACC, got it done. So they're moving on. I'm not sure what happens to Jordano after this year. As you know, this has been a topic of mine for a few last few podcasts. He's been here for so long, 18, 18 years probably. Does Heather like stick with him, or does she go with somebody else? Does she feel that uh, this that the program now is trending upwards, where she feels comfortable with him? Because you know, he had some good years in the Big East. It's just they couldn't qualify. You know. That's just the thing we have to look at. Does she feel comfortable with him? Or does she have somebody else in mind that can get them to the next level? Who knows? But until then, enjoy the ride. I think it's great. I like to see it'd be awesome to see Pickett to get to the uh, tournament, you know, go on a run, but probably won't be the case, but they've had a hell of a year. I mean, yeah, losing record in the ACC, but it's been the, they've had, this has been the most wins they've ever had in the ACC. And it's, been, you know, baseball, ACC is a tough place to play. It really is. Tough conference. So Pitts, you know, they've, you know, they obviously are, have been in the transition to this. Other sports have. Basketball especially. Although, I, I really don't think Jamie Dixon had to really change his formula all that for the ACC. I think if he had just kept his Big East formula with the, you know, recruiting the bruisers and stuff like that, people would have still won in the, in, this, in, the, in the conference. But, of course, those players that you get, you have to convince them to, uh, to play in the ACC. They wanna, you know, or else they want to play their, their buddies in the Big East. But if you ever, but uh, you know, people have, you know have um, pushed this narrative about the Pittsburgh, the Pitt, New York pipeline. You know, early in the Dixon Holland years, that was a big pipeline. But after a while, it died off. I mean, they got players from New York, but it wasn't exclusive. I mean, they were getting guys from Maryland, Philly, Texas, uh, Canada. Brazil, I mean, uh, South America, I mean, uh, I think Stephen Ailes is from Brazil, one of the two. So, Pitt was getting their players from all over the place. So, the whole Pitt and New York pipeline for the Big East was always such a false narrative. I mean, because we all, I mean, because we all knew that Pitt got their players from all over the place. But, you know, people love, you know, it's something for people to write, you know, for narratives to push. And, you know, I took some time to look at uh, what Lance White's doing at uh, with the women's basketball. And, uh, you know, I like the guy. I like his energy. I think he's going to be really good for Pitt basketball. And I just got a vibe that, you know, Pitt, the women's poops program may, may take off. It may really take off with him at the helm. We shall see. Alright, so let's go to some bevy of uh, topics that are popular. Obviously, the first thing is the anthem, the whole the whole NFL anthem stuff. I won't 
dive too deeply into it because you guys have probably been on Twitter reading every hot take, opinion, replies, all this stuff. Now, you know, when I went to the games up until 2009, the players never came out for the anthem. They were always in the locker room, and the court, you know, we sing, the anthem was sang, and then the players, then the, and they introduced the teams. That's how it always was. So obviously, my, like my dad said, something changed along the way, and of course, you know, after the date was 2011, where supposedly they started having players come out, and uh, obviously it was because they made the NFL got in bed with the military, and that's what they wanted. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Where the NFL screwed up is they probably, when they did this whole thing, said, "Hey, you guys need to come out for the anthem, but you have to stand for the anthem if you're going to be out there." So, that's just how it is. I mean, a lot of you guys, when you go to the, the, the games. When you hear the anthem, what do you do? You stand up, put your hand on your heart, or take your, you know, definitely take your hat off. That's just how that's just how it all it always is. So, probably what NFL screwed up was they made standing optional, and you know, obviously, you know, they probably didn't think this through, and obviously, they probably didn't think they would have this type of thing, you know, with the with not so much with the anthem protest, but the guy with the, with the players kneeling. But the only thing that um, for me is that I wish the players and the owners could have went, could have sat down and had a meaningful dialogue about it. I think that's what's the what really the problem is. is it's, it's the dialogue. Even Sean Jones said, I listened to him on Josh Ennis the other other day in Houston. You know, Sean's worked for the Players Union. He's worked for the NFL, the Players Union, all over the place. And a lot of these roles are pretty much up for debate in the collective bargaining agreements. So, that's, I mean, if you wonder why Goodell has a job, is because he knows how to bring the Players Union down to their knees. So that's the only real reason why Roger Goodell still has a job because that because that agreement is going to be up for the renegotiation pretty soon, and they're going to need Goodell to lead the charge, where they'll eventually probably have him step down after that because they don't want to have a new leader in there trying to bargain with these players. So, like I said. That's you know when they, when they when they put this in place, they should have had this these guidelines set beforehand, which they didn't. So that's on them. They screwed this. I mean, the NFL screwed this up. And so now you just have a combination between them and the players going back and forth, and you got two both sides of the argument going back and forth of the whole thing. And to be honest, for me, my thought is. When, when, you know, obviously it's, it's talked about now. But I think once the, once the season starts and as the season goes along, it'll, it'll die down. 
it'll be it'll probably, probably become a moot point after that, and people will forget about it. It's just you have to hope the president keeps his mouth shut about it, because that was the problem in the beginning. You know, the kneeling protest there was only, there was very few guys doing it, and it wasn't that big of a, big of an issue at all, because very few of them were doing it then, and nobody it was never talked about. But then uh, the president of the United States decided to have his little speech and call him a few names, and well, there you have it. It, it was back on. But I believe the reason it was done, why the president made the words, said the words that he said, was because he was trying to distort the message of the protest. Because if you distort it, you can go ahead and make these rules. Because initially... They were doing it to, for social, you know, the protest social issues, inequality and social issues, basically. So, if you go ahead and call these players SOBs and things of that nature, well, they get mad and they kneel. So, why are you kneeling? Not because of social justice and equality, all that, all those things. Not they're just kneeling just to kneel. So it doesn't be, you know, so right then and there, the the original message of what you know Colin Kaepernick was doing gets screwed up. It gets distorted. So then the NFL can say, you guys aren't kneeling, really kneeling for this stuff. You're just kneeling because you're upset or, you're, or your feelings are hurt. Because, you know, after what happened with the, especially what happened with the Texans, when Bob McNair made the words they said, you know, during that meeting, that sure enough, most of the Texans started kneeling after that. But I mean, it'll die down. One thing the players could do is not play. And then, of course, the owners would not pay them. So then you, it'd be like a strike. And you got a lot of players who want that, who need that paycheck. Because there's something, I mean, although they make a lot of money, there's a lot of players that live paycheck to paycheck still because they're, they sp- they, they're overspent. Or, I mean, not so much overspent, but they don't take care of their finances. You know, we've had instances where people have, you know, or athletes, they may have somebody not qualified if they're bookkeeping, screwing it up. Or they sign over power attorney to somebody. So, this, it's just going to be hard to do. So... Like I said, like I said, it'll probably die down as the season goes along. So I just really wouldn't waste the energy on it right now. You know, for one thing, the NFL made the decision they made, although it was a relief. I don't know. It's just the NFL. Giving, I mean, because basically, they, what they, what they don't want is people kneeling, and they don't want them on television kneeling. They want them, so it's easier to have them stay in the locker room. You know, Mike Tolman did that, and he took a lot of criticism for it. But you know what? Tolman knew there was players divide on this issue, and he thought it was best just to stay away from it because you know you, it's just when you have a five guys in a when you have so many not the a five guys, but when you have so many guys in a locker like fifty some guys, different personalities, different beliefs, people are going to get judged. 
So he decided, you know, he wanted to protect his players is what all, all was. And of course, you know, you had Villanueva who went out there and, and yeah, the message was, was to stay inside the locker room. But, you know, with Villanueva, I had no issues with him going out there because he's a veteran and that's what, you know, and I know it's hard for him, you know, to, you know, stay in the locker room. He, he wanted to go and pledge his flag. Because you know that's you know, you know that's what he did. I mean that's that's what he took bullets for. Or I mean he gets shot for, but I don't think he was shot for. But that's what he fought. You know, he fought evil for. And let's move on from that. We got the NBA playoffs going on still. You know, you know we got LeBron James down three games to two. I wasn't surprised by the Celtics winning game game five. Not so much because it was at home, but game four, I thought he had the, the Cavaliers where, they, where he wanted them. It's just that he couldn't stop LeBron James. And when you couldn't, you know, when you can't stop LeBron, that's what happens. I mean, the Celtics weren't totally, weren't totally out of that game. It's just, uh, if it wasn't for LeBron, LeBron just put him away pretty much. So we're back in Cleveland and you know I'm sure LeBron's going to go all out and probably win that one or maybe Brad Stevens pulls up a miracle who knows I mean it's a lot to, lot to talk about a lot to consider but um, a Brad Stevens in the NBA Finals I mean that'd be, that'd be something here's a guy who you know he pretty much his Winifred Pitt pretty much pretty much ended the Dixon era pit. Although he didn't really humiliate Jamie at all in any sense. It was a pretty evenly matched uh, game between them and Butler. Although Butler was an eighth seed and Pitt was a one seed. It's just that um At the end of the day, Jamie didn't take his players off the off the foul line, and Nas Nas Robinson committed one of the most boneheaded boneheaded plays in the history of pit basketball. I mean, that team that year they were very talented, but they did do some things that made you just say, "What the, you know, what the fuck." So let's be honest. They did, they did, you know, do some head-scratching things sometimes. But, uh, like I said, you know, Tom Izzo is being considered now for the Land of Magic job, which would probably be a, um, I could see why he would leave, given what's happened with uh, at Michigan State with, with the Larry Nassar stuff. And of course, I guess he's getting dragged into it as well. Because I guess he has, I mean, he, supposedly he may have had some, you know, I don't know if he had any knowledge, but I guess he got dragged over the, um, over some issues with, uh, with, with his players off the field stuff. Now, from what Michigan State people said, it was, it's already, but he's already addressed it. You know, it's already been handled. And then ESPN just digging, you know, me outlets at ESPN just digging up stuff just for a story 
So he's probably getting sick of it. He knows that, um, you know, if things end for him in Michigan State, it's, it's going to be hard for him to find another job, so this is why he's moving on. So I can see it happening. I mean, they'll laugh. I mean, I mentioned Jamie Dixon last 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 week, possibly being considered, you know, from for the Mavericks job. It could happen. I mean, it depends on how high he does at TCU. Maybe Mark Cuban looks at what he does and says, "Hey, you know, maybe 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 he want to coach in the pros." Not gonna. I mean, I, that's only one job I can see. You know, Jamie leaving the uh, TCU for his alma mater, unless he unless there's a, you know, a West Coast job somewhere near his parents. It would just depend on the uh, what, you know, what he's looking for. But last time we saw the Rockets win, and Chris Paul is out for Game Six. And the thing about this is uh, this is this is bad for the Rockets because they're going to need a healthy Chris Paul to close out Game Six this series. I do believe, though, you know, the Rockets still, I mean, it depends on what Harden does. Harden's been struggling as of late. They're going to need him to show up in game six because with Paul Ott, if he doesn't show up, they're screwed for the most part. And Paul pretty much put him on his back in game five. Whereas Harden, you know, didn't and that's pretty much and this is why you know James Hart this is why Chris Paul was brought in you know so in case of uh, James Harden has these type of lapses somebody you know can be the can be the one who takes charge and that's what Chris Paul has done he's been the leader And, uh, you know, last few two games have been close. And, of course, what the Rockets have been doing is they, they've gone for the Mac, for the, for the, for the D'Antoni typical run-and-gun offense to a half-court defensive style. So, I mean, if you're a Pitt fan, pretty much, he's got, they're going from the Kevin Stallings up-tempo to the Jamie Dixon half-court. So, they, there you have it. <laughs> and it's worked out for them. I mean, they've won the last two games. I mean, and... I just don't see the. I just don't see him knocking out the Warriors right now, especially if without without Chris Paul, they're gonna need him back for sure. But anyways, guys, enjoy the weekend. Obviously, there'll be some fun stuff this weekend. We got basketball, more NBA playoffs. We got Pitt baseball on Saturday. And uh, let's not forget about the Stanley Cup playoffs kicking off. We got Ovi versus Flurry. I forgot to talk about that. You know, obviously Ovi got over his little um, jinx there, and he's got he's in the he's finally made the Stanley Cup Finals. But they got the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, I believe, is who they are. Or are they the Kent State Golden Flashers? <laughs> I don't know, but Flurry's on a hot streak. They took they took Winnipeg in five, and 
But I think uh, the Capitals obviously are, are very hungry because they're here. And this could be the chance for Ovi to finally get the monkey off his back and get himself a cup. And I'm sure the NHL would love the ha- love for this to happen, to love him have a cup. And this is the best situation for him. I mean, this is the best thing, you know. To me, I mean, I thought if, if they're going to get past the Pens, they better damn well win the, win the cup. Otherwise, you're like, what the hell? You, you, beat, you beat us. You finally get that monkey off your back, and then, you know, with a golden chance to win, win the cup, you blow it. So, and I know, obviously, Penn's fans are at odds. Well, there's some over who to root for, and, you know, Flurry's in the Stanley Cup Finals, and, you know, Flurry's gone, but you can still root for him, you know, if you want. I mean, the guy, he wasn't such a bad guy. I mean, for the Pens, it was a business decision. The guys, the guy's old. He doesn't, have, he doesn't have many years left, and you got a young goaltender who's already won two cups for you. So you take the you get, obviously you go with the young guy. You don't do what the Steelers do and uh, let the young guy go and you know stick with the old guy because of loyalty. That's what the Steelers used to do. And sometimes they still do that. Which baffles my mind. But anyways, guys, enough rambling. Finally, enjoy the holiday weekend. Cut a pit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.